0: Now for the show that's truly too hot to handle—it's the Melting Path, and it starts right now.
1: You're to the Melting Pat. Here's your host, Pat Johnson.
0: Well, thank you, Jerome. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the show, The Melting Pat, the Next Level Network. How are you? We good we have a lovely holiday are we still having lovely holidays i hope so it was solid of course it was it's christmas god damn it we had a great time yes i was gonna do a thing but oh man should i try it anyway should we (laughs) Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? I don't know the rest of the words, something, something, all things I There we go. I, I did it. I punched my desk somehow for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why when I sing to you on the show, you can't see this, obviously. Not even patrons, because I don't do full video versions of the show anymore, but... Um, for whatever reason, when I sing to you, I kind of move my arms up and down like a like I'm marching, right? My arms are kind of close, or my elbows are out, my fists are 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 balled up and and up, and I'm just kind of like, and I don't know why. I've I've done that since college, since my college radio days. Uh, for whatever reason, when we would sing, or when I would sing on the show, I would just, and I don't know why I do it. I have no idea why I do it, but uh, it's really fun. And occasionally. I punched my desk for some reason, and um, one time I did it, uh, the keyboard was too close to the edge, and I hit the space bar, and if you don't know, uh, with certain recording programs, mine included, when you hit the space bar, it stops everything, and so I had to start again, (laughs) and so that was kind of a mess, but I did not do that this time, we're all good, Um, Christmas was good, mom came over, I slow cooked the roast, made some biscuits, it was goddamn delicious. And uh, mom brought cake, which was also awesome. So there we go with that. That was our Christmas. We had a good time. Um, the boy got some gifts, and uh, he had fun. He had good, well, only one little meltdown, but uh, that happens. He's two. It happens. And, um, yeah, that's what's up. We Well, we went through a little, uh, you know, bit of a, an illness period there, as uh, as kids often do. So we handled that. We're all good, and uh, we're all on the other side. So hopefully this week we'll be... Much better for all of us. Um, thank you for listening to the holiday episode. As you know, my favorite show to put together. Uh, it was a long one. Thanks for sticking in, hanging in, doing the things, and uh, for all your suggestions for all the things. So, yeah, that's my that's the best show I do all year, I think. Well, is it the best or is it just my favorite? Because the Halloween show is usually pretty awesome, too. oh um, yeah, hey, Pat, you should do a good show in the spring to spread it out. I should. You know what? I really should actually do a good show other than... The holiday show. I really should do that. But you know, it's not always up to me, right? No. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, how are you? Was your holiday just fine and dandy and you having a good time? Great. Great stuff. So we have some things to talk about and we're going to get to it. Don't you worry. We are back in the garage. We'll talk about that process. I got my loans forgiven. We'll talk about that. I also won an award at work and I want to tell you about that too. And also, We will talk about apparently a controversy that's uh, been on the internet about setting up game systems for your kid for Christmas, whether or not you should, how you should handle it. And um, yeah, we're going to dive into it as much as we can and see where we land. All right. And also uh, we got some mail about fast food. So we'll do that. We'll give the captain the week off again, uh, mainly because the flyers have been off. We'll be off for like five or six days. So he may not have much to report Anyway. Uh, also today for me is Tuesday because this week is um is gonna get a little wacky and I'd rather if if at the very least I can get the show recorded, I can edit it in spurts throughout the rest of the week. But if as long if I didn't record it, then you know that's an issue. Cause I I don't know, I don't I don't know where my backups are. But anyway, um yeah, it's Tuesday, so if things have happened, uh they haven't happened for me yet. So hope the future is nice and uh hope you're doing all right. All right, so before we do all the things. With the show, we have a new song from, well, it's not, it's new to us and maybe new to you from our new friends. The band is calling all captains. And, oh, wait, hold on. I got to check a work thing. We will do the song. Let me go handle this and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Crisis averted. I handled the business. We're good to go. So we have a song from our new friends. The band is calling all captains, our neighbors to the north. It's where they're from, Edmonton, I believe. Um, And their new song is called Unlike Me, and you can find more from them. By the way, the song is not safe for work. So if you're listening at work, you should be wearing headphones because otherwise you're being rude. Uh, But if you're listening, you know, in public on a fancy speaker, again, just don't do that. Don't be rude. But it's not safe for children, I suppose. (laughs) The song is Unlike Me. Find more from them calling all captains band. Com. Thank you very much, my friends. Happy holidays. And uh, everybody, enjoy this. I, I like this one a lot, obviously. And then I, I wouldn't want to play it. There we go. All right. Anyway, Pat, just play the thing. You're right. Calling all captains. Not safe for work. The tune is unlike me. It's the Melting Pat. We're coming right back.
1: Have you ever felt anything at all? What's that? So let him go
0: There you have it, our new friends calling all captains. Unlike me, it's the Melty Pat, the Next Level Network. There you go. Do we like that? Is, that? is that fun? All right, calling all captains. Unlike me, appears via New Damage Records. Calling all captains banned. Dot com for more from them. Thank you very much. Canada loves the Melting Pat, at least according to Prime Birds. So there we go. Um, by the way, you have to put in band when you go looking for them. Otherwise, you're going to get the Captain Morgan beverage. And maybe that is what you want, but not when you're looking for the music. Because I did that an hour ago because I couldn't remember what the website was. And uh, yeah, callingallcaptains.com takes you to the beverage. Callingallcaptainsband.com takes you to our new friends. There you go. Go do the thing. Tell them I sent you. And they'll go, I don't know who that is because we didn't set it up ourselves. So there. (laughs) So there's that. There we go. New song. That was fun. (laughs) Nailed it. We had fun. We have fun, right? Of course we do. All right. We got things to do, everybody. We got stuff going on. And uh, yeah, three little life updates I'm going to kind of Maybe squeeze together, maybe get uh, get a little story out of each one. I don't know. But in any case, we will take a break, and we will handle all— I know, I should have done the thing, but we're going to do it this way because that's just how it's going to work out. So we got life updates, we got some fan mail, we got an internet argument that took threads by storm, and maybe some other stuff right after this. Okay, so full disclosure on this, by the way. I actually recorded a segment. It was about 15 minutes for last week's show. And before the holiday stuff, I did all this. back, Being back in the garage, loan forgiveness, and winning an award at work. And then I was like, hey, there's going to be plenty of other things. There will be plenty of other... There's more material in this show than just this. And that would have pushed it closer to two hours with the full show. So I just scrapped it. Pat, you could have just kept the thing and put it in here and not told us this. Yeah, I know. But then it would be like I'm lying to you and deceiving you. And that's not nice. And I'm not going to do that. So instead... We'll just run it back and do it again. So you may notice that I sound the show sounds a little bit different. Maybe you don't. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's something only I would even notice or care about. But uh, I am back in the garage. If you don't know, by the way, the full thing here is I was in the middle of the basement there. So we have the basement has two rooms, the main room uh, with where there's stuff in there. And uh, this, what used to be a garage is where I'm sitting now. And then on the other side of the wall from me is the laundry, and then the back door here and the back door there. So I had to move out of this room because we had a bunch of leaks in the, over the summer in the ceiling back here and the walls, both sides of the, uh, both little rooms here. The uh, whole back of the house was just leaking. There was so much water in here. So I panicked and said, hey, what's going to happen? Like, do you need to do something with the wall? If so, I'll move everything out of here so you can do that. So I sent the guy, talked to the guys, yeah, I'll come back. I'll handle that. Uh, I want to do something with this wall. I said, okay, great. That was over the summer. In the fall, I texted him, said, hey, you know, before I move back in here, are you going to do something with the wall? Because, again, if he's doing work on the wall, I want to be out of the way. I don't want to be here working, doing whatever, while he's in here making noise, doing whatever it is he's got to do, ripping down the wall, whatever, right? Because as I've said before, whoever put up this wall, because for whatever reason, they decided to take out the garage port, like the garage door and put a wall up and seal it. But they didn't seal it properly because it leaks all the goddamn time because these houses, as constructed, were meant for you to pull into the back, pull into the garage, connect it to your house, and not have to park on the street, right? Your main car was supposed to be in your garage and not on the street. And so that's how these houses were designed. And for whatever reason, a bunch of them decided, people decided, hey, we're going to do this instead. And whoever did it here did a horrible job. And so we get water in the door in this room all the time. It sucks. And so I said, "Hey, you're gonna fix it. If you're gonna fix it, I'll be out of the way." And he didn't answer, which is not unusual. But I decided, "Hey, I'm gonna. Uh, I know I missed Tom Jones there. It's fine." I, I and so I just said, "You know what? I can't be out here anymore. Like I'm in the way. There are things we have to do with the basement. We got to clean stuff up, get rid of stuff. And we couldn't do any of that with my desk and stuff in the middle of the room in the way." And so finally, I said, hey, I'm moving all the stuff. I moved all the computers and stuff in here. And I said, hey, Jill, can we move my desk in here? And she's like, yes, let's do it. We got somebody with the kid. We might as well do it while they're still here. So we came in. We brought the desk in. I did all the hard work. But yeah, I needed Jill to get me over the uh, <laughs> over the threshold of the doorway here. And we actually moved the desk up, of like maybe a foot from where it was before cuz it used to be kind of in the middle of the room and now it is closer to the far wall here and so I have a lot more room behind me to move around and lean back in my chair and uh you know just space to maneuver really which I didn't have both before when I was in here and certainly didn't have it for the last 6 months in the uh, in the other room in the basement so uh that was a great idea that Jill came up with and she said yeah why don't you just do this cuz I was trying to figure out how to how to make it better in here, and so she said, "Why don't you just move it, move the desk up against the cubicle wall, or as close to it, and then you have room behind you to move and get out of the room and sit down and do all that." So yeah, that was great. It's also safer um, cable wise because you may remember last year, or the year before, when I tripped over my next fan cord, my next fan, my little portable air conditioner, when it was full of water and nearly fried my PC. And I got a bunch of cords wet and I had to replace a bunch of stuff and that sucked. And so I don't have to do that anymore because I'm no longer going behind the desk and across the cables to sit down. I'm coming in right from uh, from the open end of the desk. So it's, uh, it's much better in here. It's cold in here still. Uh, although now I think, now that I have a better handle on where the things are in the room, I think now would be, I need to get, again, the guy said he was going to come in and put in a new outlet for me, like put in a new breaker on the board, on the box, and give me a new outlet so I can run a space heater just on its own line. Because that's what I want. Because everybody's, I keep looking at space heaters and I look, I'm, I'm talking to people who know what they know what this does. And the first thing they said is get a bigger one, not a little one, because the smaller ones jack up your electric bill. That's number one. And the second thing is try to run it on its own circuit because it pulls too much power to run anything else. And the things down here are two computers and the router for the internet. So I can't, I don't want to run anything else, like any major thing on the same line as things that I need all day. And so the guy said, yeah, I'll come and I'll install the outlet. We'll do the things, you know, and my landlord said it was okay as long as I pay for it and get somebody licensed to handle that. So, cause there's room on the box. So I said, let's do that. So I guess I don't know. You know what? If anybody knows an electrician who is willing and available to come over and I'll clean things up, don't worry, and um, install a new outlet for me in this garage so I can heat this room so I don't freeze my everything off while I'm working down here. I know I'm going back to the office once a month, but that's still four days a week down here working, plus doing the show and all these things. So um, if anybody knows an electrician, reasonably priced, I'm not rich. Who can install an outlet and uh, a new breaker on the box? That would be great. All right, so that's me back in the garage. Anyway, um, now, like, yeah, now I'll have the space to actually put the heater where it's not like on the rug or next to the the cubicle wall with the fabric on it or something like that. So I'll I'll do some more cleaning in here, and uh, we'll try to get that done. But yeah, don't let me freeze here another goddamn winter. That'd be great if we could handle that business. Um, Yeah, so we're back in the garage. That's one thing. That's a good thing for me. Uh, I love being in this space because it's, it's, it's nice to be back in the dedicated space that I've had, um, that I that I planned out to do the show and do the work and do all the things. So it's nice to finally be back in my comfortable place. Yeah, it's really great. Thank you to my smoking hot wife for uh, helping me out, helping me to do that and devising the great plan of, hey, why don't you just move the desk up, you dumbass? And so we did. And it was great. And it is great. So I'm I'm getting used to again, kind of maneuvering around and doing a lot of stuff in the new chair. So uh, it's really great. And you know, also speaking of new chair, that I didn't have to edit out or, or deal with any kind of weird chair squeaking noises because the old chair made a lot of noise, as you know. And it was like embedded in the tracks because I couldn't get it out because it would happen like while I'm talking, and I couldn't. Sorry, that's the that's my armrest moving. You probably heard that, um, but that's an okay noise. That's ASMR. Um, but no, the little squeaks of the chair that would always appear on the tracks and that, it kind of bothered me. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. So we're great. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah, we're back. We are back in, in the pod garage. Oh, I'm quitting. I'm, Ben, you don't have to fire me. I'm quitting podcasting because that's going to, oh my God. Well, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with that, this goes back a couple years. So Jill and I were doing the short lived show show which is on hiatus until somebody can watch the kid for like three hours. And (laughs) we never finished Mission Hill, by the way. Um, And so we're doing that. And for the, for some of them, I guess in the spring we were doing it. And I had Jill down here with me recording the show and she called this space the pod garage because it used to be a garage and I do the podcast here. So she put them together pod garage. I think it's a terrible name. But, uh, you know, Doug liked it and he laughed and I shouldn't have told Jill that he liked it because that just meant, oh, well, of course he did. Cause it's a great idea that I came up with. And so I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't even put this on the show, I'll leave it in. It's fine. Um, yeah. So Jill wants me actually to get a, like a neon sign behind me that just says pod garage. Luckily for me, these walls don't really allow for hanging stuff. So there's nowhere to put it, but Hey, if you want to make me a sign, a fancy sign that's even just a little graphic thing that says pod garage. I will take a picture of it in the, with the show things and we'll do that. All right. And you can come on and talk about how, uh, I don't know how dumb I am or something anyway. Yeah. So we are back in the garage. I'm very happy to be back. I'm sorry. I just got loud. I, um I don't know, man. like I said, maneuvering things. I'm still trying to figure out exactly where things should be as I'm, uh, I'm shifting here. So, Uh, Yeah, that's what's up. So we're back. The show should sound a little bit better, not content-wise, but uh, quality-wise. Should sound a little better. (laughs) Should sound good. Uh, I feel better about being back in here, and uh, I feel better about having actually room to move around and do things. So very excited. Thank you to everybody who made it happen. And uh, if you know an electrician who can help me, uh, well, not help me, who can do it for me, put in a new breaker. And a new outlet so I can run a heater in here so I don't freeze again for another winter. That would be great. And if you know a contractor who can come look at this back wall, because I'm sure there's some stuff going on there that uh, shouldn't be there. So let me know, all right? That'd be great. We'll take a break. We're back in the garage. We'll take a break, and we'll talk about me. Uh, Let's do winning an award or loan forgiveness or both on the other side right after this. All right, round two. I I was getting a little too real in that, and I I just—it's a lot. Maybe because I don't know all that information I was just talking about with uh, things of uh, loans and people being stupid and whatnot. But uh, first thing, I did not expect to go that long on the garage thing with uh, electrical outlets and contractors and all that, so that was fun. Uh, But second thing, I mentioned a few months ago that I had put in for the loan forgiveness program through my job— and, you know, the, the, the man released the new program, like, hey, fill out this paperwork and do this and you can get your loans forgiven. And I said, great. So I did that. Uh, and there was a bit of a holdup because they needed some more information. I didn't know because that was going to an old email address. So I called them and I said, what do I do? And they said, fill out this form, the same one you did, but they changed it. So you got to do it again. Like, yeah, it makes sense. I work for an agency. I get it. Uh, I understand procedures and red tape and all that. So I did that. I sent it in. I called back like a month later, and I said, hey, now what do I do? I sent this in. They're like, yes, we got it. So you're going to be in forbearance, which means you don't have to pay, and you just wait for the letter to come that says, hey, you're in good standing. You don't have to pay any more money. So I said, great. So I got an email the other day. It was like, hey, you got a message from the loan people. So I logged in, opened that up, and it said, hey, congratulations. I'm like, oh, it says your account is in good standing. I said, great. What does that mean? Well, I mean, I know what that means, but I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Hold on one second. So I'm scrolling down the page, and all the balances are zero dollars. Everything due zero, payment due zero, interest accrued, whatever. It's all says zero dollars. I'm like, "Oh, this sounds awesome." So I open the message, and it says, "Congratulations! You've passed the uh, the processes for uh, for the program. You did it. Your loans are forgiven. You are good to go." Yes. We did it, everybody. We did it, and I am—I'm uh, very relieved that this happened. I am very fortunate. I understand. Uh, I am very lucky. This happened. I don't believe in really luck, but uh, I'm very fortunate that I was able to uh, to make this happen. It took a very long time. Uh, I had already paid back to the loan people more than what I borrowed, which is the case for a lot of people. Which is why the argument—just pay back your loans—is. And I think everyone, not everyone, but I think a lot of people who are making that argument know that and are being disingenuous. Um, yeah, I, just, I did the math, and I, like I had borrowed 13000 or $14,000, and I had already paid back about $19,000, and I still owed $13,000. And so because what happens, most of it goes to the interest, to the lending people, to the banks, to the whoever's, so you're not actually paying the principal thing because you don't have money because you're 21 years old and you don't have a full-time job like a lot of people when they graduate college because they said you got to go to college so take a loan to go to college otherwise you'll be doing nothing and or you'll be blah 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 and then we all get stuck here and so I'm thankful for these programs and that I was fortunate enough to take advantage of one but again it still took 10 years and so that sucked and uh you know I'm not saying. You no, know, hey, don't pay, you know, you you signed the loan, you knew what was happening. Well, I mean, in a way you did. You knew what was happening, that you're gonna have to pay back some money, but you didn't really know that you were gonna be stuck under predatory interest for the next 18 years of your life. You didn't know that because you're a teenager and uh, everyone tells you, hey, go to college and do this and do that. Otherwise you'll, you know, you blah blah blah, right? So yeah, I I just I hate the argument that it's oh, just why do I have to blah, blah, blah? listen, if everyone can get out of this debt that they were, in a way, forced into. All the way, by the way, medical debts should all be erased. But anyway, uh, just a little aside. Everybody's forced in, not everybody, but people are forced into the situation because they're told it's the only way to uh, to be successful and be a good adult, whatever that means, right? So they're told to do this, and they do it. And now, hey, hey, I could use some help because now I'm stuck under this mountain of debt, and I can't buy a house, and I can't do this, and I can't buy a car or whatever. And people are like, oh well, too bad. You should have thought about that. Like, well, I didn't have any options. You told me this was it. And so yeah, I just hate the uh I know I'm supposed to be talking about me getting my loans forgiven. But I, I also want to speak out for everyone who who is not in my situation, who's not fortunate enough to be eligible for these types of programs, which you all should be. Like everyone should have an avenue to get these forgiven because it's a predatory system and it needs to be changed and or abolished and you know, people go, like, oh, man, my taxes, blah, blah. Listen, if I got to pay a little bit of a bump every year in my taxes to make sure that everybody else has a good time, and I, and I don't mean, like, you know, funding their trips or whatever, but, like, to make sure that, that everyone else is not saddled with crippling debt, I'm okay with that. That's the socialist in me, I suppose. I'm all right with that. Like, we need more programs like this because kids are forced into nonsensical uh predatory systems and now are expected to crawl their way out and are offered no real help. And then, you know, all right. Anyway, the point is, I'm very fortunate to, uh, I almost got too real. See, I already cut a segment of doing this uh, because I got a little too real and I was going down that way again. So we're going to say instead, I am very thankful that my loans are forgiven. It took a long time and a lot of luck and paperwork and, you know, bureaucratic stuff Which I'm used to at this point, because again, 10 years at the job, but it was wild because I, I, it's something I just didn't, that like I did all the stuff and someone over the phone told me it would happen. But until I actually saw the words, like you passed the program, like you've done all the things for the program, your account is in good standing, and everything is zero dollars down the board. And I no longer have to worry about paying this money every month. And so now I can use that for my kid or like for the house or for whatever. And so now like I no longer have, cause for what? cause you know, the pandemic stopped everything and I'm like, oh cool. I don't have to pay for my loans. Great. That's an extra whatever a month in my pocket, which is great. Cause I'm having a kid and kids are expensive. This is awesome. But in the back of my head, I'm going, I'm going to have to go back to this and we're going to be screwed. And then I found this program like, Hey, I can do this. I've hit the threshold. Now I can do this. And I was able to work it out, and I'm very fortunate. And I sincerely wish anyone else in this situation or worse can find an avenue to get this to be in the same spot that I am, where you no longer have to pay this, uh, pay this loan that you very likely have already paid back, but because of interest, you now owe more than you borrowed, because that's just how it works, because it's gross and banks and all that. So, I hope you find a way out, because you deserve it. Everyone deserves that. And uh, people complaining about oh what about listen if people have more money to spend on things that they want instead of paying a bank the economy gets better that's how it works I took one economics class one economics class (laughs) twenty years ago or whatever and uh, not that long ago I'm not that old um ten fifteen years ago and uh, that's a thing that stuck with me. If you have more disposable income you could spend it on local economies and keep businesses open and and keep revenues flowing and keep things happening and that money's not going to crappy banks and it's better for everybody. So I don't know, like again, that's the socialist in me. So there we go. That's uh that's my thing. That's my little soapbox moment for today is that everyone should be able to get their loans forgiven like I did. It's very exciting. Um I'm grateful that I have this now. Like now, I mean not that I'm uh, out of debt completely because I'm bad with money, but I no longer have to worry about this particular piece of debt. And soon enough, the other things, like in the next couple years, the other things that I have hanging over me will be erased as well. And that that's going to be uh, thanks to my wife's uterus. But I, uh... <laughs> but all the same, I'm going to be grateful that it's all going to be taken care of. And then I have more, uh, you know, more money to spend on on the economy and whatnot, or merely on selfish things for me and my family. So there we go, all right? I'm grateful. My loans were forgiven because I've been working for the man for a decade and I got all the paperwork and I'm very, very excited and I wish all of that for you as well. So we're good. We're good with that piece of the show and that piece of debt is gone and I'm very relieved and excited and I'm going to talk about another thing that I am I was pleasantly surprised by that happened on the same day when I found out my loans got forgiven. So we will talk about that right after this. All right, there we go. It took us two tries, but I think we made it. I don't know, we might cut some more of that. But uh, <laughs> I got a little bit too real on that one, man, because it's a complicated issue because a lot of people get mad because they're very stupid. But anyway, let's, uh, we're going to get off. We're good. We're going to get off that. We're okay. We're okay. So the same day that I saw my loan forgiveness uh, approval notice thing, I uh, I log into work, and like an hour later, like within like an hour of finding out my loans were forgiven, I hear the email ding, and I'm working on something else at the time, so I'm not looking at it right away. And so I'm working on a case, and I get the email ding. I'm like, okay, I'll check that in a second. And then I get a chat from my coworker, chat message from my coworker, hey, congratulations, well deserved. And I thought, I didn't tell you my loans got forgiven yet. how the hell do you know and then i look at my email and so my agency uh one one of the secretaries or who one of the higher ups whoever one of the big wigs they do awards for excellence every year and in like september october they send out an email like hey we're doing this again nominate your coworkers who you think were excellent or whatever and uh and we'll review it and we'll give out the awards okay great and i never think about it i always think like oh maybe i'll nominate someone as like ha look at you man you're great and see what happens but i never did And so I just kind of ignore it and go on my day. And then I look, and my name's on the list. Individual awards for excellence for 2023. Me, this guy who records his show during the day and does other things during the day on little breaks at work, has somehow won an award for being excellent at his job. Yes, yes, I did. It reminds me, by the way, when I was in high school, I won an award. I took a business law class, and I sat right up front, and it was first period, and the teacher was the disciplinarian, and so he would come in and say, okay, read this chapter, and often it would be the same chapter, uh, coincidentally maybe, or ironically, the chapter on ethics was the one he assigned often, and he said, all right, read this chapter, I'll be right back. And so he would have to go and deal with discipline guy things and he would come back and teach for like 15 minutes and then it'd be over, the class would be over. And somehow I, I slept a lot of that class and well, not somehow it was early, but I slept a lot through that class, somehow got a 95. And then at the end of the year, they're like, Hey, we're giving out awards for these uh, classes or whatever. And I won an award for business law. So somehow I won an award again for doing nothing, not nothing. I do my work, but I like, if they knew all the things that I do instead of, well, on top of, or instead of getting work done right away, they probably wouldn't give it to me. They probably wouldn't have given me the award, but it's my job. It's really all. And I think most most jobs are like this are all about numbers, right? And what I mean by that is how many things that you're assigned do you get done? And how many times does someone have to say to you, "Hey, you got to get this done by this time," and I frequently do not end up on those lists because my training supervisor, who's since retired, uh, she taught me this thing way back early on in my career. She said, "Don't whatever you do, stay off the list." And I didn't know what that meant until a couple days later, I get an email that has everybody, like all the workers who are on the list, and all the supervisors and all the managers and the district's man at boss they're all copied on this email and it says hey these things of yours are going to be due soon get them done now and i'm like oh that's what you meant because everybody of importance is copied on that and you don't want to be that cuz you don't want to be you want to be under the radar like you want people to know who you are so they could like say hi to you or whatever or like you know recommend th- you for things or something like that like this like an award so you want people to know who you are but you also don't want to be known for the wrong reasons, right? You don't want to be like, oh, you're always on the list of things that are overdue or almost overdue. And so we got to watch out for that guy. And so she learned or she taught me and I learned to stay off that list and make sure that all the things that I had to do were done within 10 days of being due, because then I wasn't going to be on the list. And so I've stuck to that for 10 years and my role is my roles have changed. So I don't have exactly have the same kind of assignments, but that same mentality is what keeps me in the spot that I'm in where I don't get bothered that much because it was all that, that little line that didn't make sense to me when she said it. But then I, once I, once it clicked, I'm like, Oh yes, this is what you mean. I have to stay on top of my things so that I don't end up like, Hey, this guy's not doing his stuff. And it's been that kind of mentality that keeps me like, oh, as long as I get my, like, I have a list of things that I have to get done. Like today's a deadline day. Most days are at my job or in my unit, I should say. And so as long as I get all of, like, I have, you know, a dozen things that I have to look at. So as long as I do that, and I had all that done by 1030. So as long as I do that and just review everything else throughout the day, I'm fine. I can, the rest of the day, now that I'm at home, like if I'm at the office and then I'm just bored right? But now that I'm at home, essentially, once I get done my list of things, the rest of the day is mine. And so it's that mentality that has risen me to new heights as an award-winning worker. And I, I just, I can't believe if you just think about like, well, I think about all the things that I do to distract myself from actually getting work done, but still get more work done than a lot of other people, apparently because I've been nominated for an award for being excellent at my job. And I'm sitting here right now during the workday. It's break time, technically. But during the workday, recording the show with you. And I'm going to edit the show in between doing things the rest of the week. But somehow, I can still get more done, get enough done, I should say, to be considered for and to then win an award for excellence. And really, I just want to say, I want to thank God, the Lord God who helps uh, in all things. And I, I just pointed everywhere. It's a Daniel Tosh bit. Just point to Jesus. He's everywhere. You know, they point up to the sky, but he pointed everywhere. There you go. Can we still quote uh, Daniel Tosh bits? Is that okay still? I don't know. Kenny, don't tell me. Don't tell. Kenny, I know you're going to listen. Don't tell me. I don't, I don't want to know. Just let me have my dumb little joke. I don't want to know. If he did anything terrible, I don't want to know. Uh, so yeah, uh, I've been trading for this since I was 17 years old, winning awards for doing nothing. They I think they call it uh, Luigi wins by doing nothing, a Mario Party meme where um, everybody's jumping on the platforms and they all jump into each other and Luigi, whoever's playing as Luigi, just stood there and everybody fell off and Luigi won because Luigi just stood there and didn't fall off the platform. That's what this feels like to me. Pat won by doing nothing or by doing just enough and then doing nothing that no one bothers me and then has to call into question, hey, what are you doing instead? And maybe I'm giving away the game here, but listen, man, I want an award, all right? It's also the end of the year, and so no one cares, right? But no, I'm just saying, if I can get all my stuff done, enough of my work done, and I'm turning this into a scathing rebuke, by the way, Of other people in general, if I can get all my work done enough to win an award for excellence and still sit here and do the show and, you know, play a game real quick or, you know, go upstairs with the kid and, and handle that business or, you know, go out and do laundry and do the trash. If I could do all the things that I do at home and still get enough of my work done to win, to not only be under the radar and off the list and be, um, and, and avoid any kind of extra scrutiny. So not only does all that happen, but then I'm rewarded and commended for my work ethic. And if I can do all of that and handle all of my own personal business simultaneously, what is the excuse for anyone else to not get their work done? I don't understand it, but also congratulations to me because I'm a goddamn winner and I am excellent. And we have maybe one more thing to do, and we will do that. Cheer, clap up for me. Here, bring in the audience. Clap it up for me, and we're going to be right back doing another thing on the list. Sit tight. And we're back. Look at that. No time has passed for you at all. Well, maybe, I don't know, half a second or so. So I guess technically not no time, but not like you sat here for a day, and we're like, hey, where the hell's the rest of the show, Pat? It's right here. Don't you worry. So... I debated bringing this up on the show because I don't want it to seem like everything I post on social media is just meant to be another thing for the podcast. That's not what I want to do. I don't want to be that guy, but I also like to talk about things. So that's kind of the point of the show. And (laughs) should we have named it that? Pat likes to talk about things. That would have been fun. But That would have helped. I think that would have helped with the... Lack of a narrow focus, like with the broad focus that I have, I think calling it something, calling a show like, oh, things Pat likes to talk about, or Pat has thoughts, or whatever, uh, you know, backslash Pat thoughts. Oh, that would have been fun. Damn it. All right, Tim, we got to make more business cards. We got to redo the whole thing. We're changing the name of the show, backslash Pat thoughts. Uh, that would <laughs> that have helped, though, with the, hey, what's your show about? It's why I, I talk about things. I have thoughts. And, well, sometimes, though, you have thoughts, and I read those. So I guess maybe that wouldn't fit either. (sighs) I don't know. Anyway, there we go. Sorry, it's a little loud. A little loud on that one. My bad. I'll back up. I, um, I'm back. What am I doing? Yes. Okay. So I I debated bringing this up because I didn't want to, I didn't want it to seem like everything I post is just for the show, because it's not. Sometimes I just want to discuss things with my buddies. However, comma, I've seen this argument over the last week or so. And I don't think I jumped into any. I I know I I shared the question myself, uh, but I don't think I jumped into any of the debating. So from afar, what I noticed is that a lot of people have very strong opinions on this. And not really a—like, re it didn't seem like a lot of the people were listening or, or I guess in this case, reading the other side of the argument. It, It was like a political thing, but it's not. I'm talking about setting up video game systems for your kid on Christmas or before Christmas. So uh, let's start here. Back when I back in my day, I like my video game systems didn't have to download anything or update anything or be connected to the internet or um, you know no patches or software firmware whatever. Like the console that we got, which for two Christmases, separate Christmases, was the Sega Genesis and the Nintendo 64. And so I'm sure the NES, uh, well, that, the NES, the Nintendo, the regular Nintendo was in the house when I got there. So it came along before me. But even that, you have the right cables and the right connectors to your TV. You plug it in, you turn it on, you cross your fingers, and it works, right? It, does, it just, you have a game in there and you start playing the game. Boom, let's do the thing. Uh, even as late as the PS2, where you like it didn't have to because the ps2 you can connect to the internet but not wirelessly like you have to plug in and i think this might be wrong um bill had the xbox 360 side don't know no i guess that would have been the next generation and that would have been wi-fi xbox 360 ps3 and the wii the nintendo wii they were has motion sensor controllers no uh (laughs) that's just a great south park um they all connect via Wi-Fi, right? And so was that the first generation where you had to be online to set things up? That might be the case, right? Cuz did the okay, somebody who owned the original Xbox could you connect to the internet wirelessly on that console? Like could you download a game or, you know, have your account set up or whatever? I know back in the day you used to have to pay for Wait, is that true? Like you had to pay for the connectivity to do for Xbox back in the day? Is that what the Xbox thing was? Anyway, back in my day when I got a console for Christmas, it didn't have to connect to the internet. So it was plug and play. And a lot of people had this question. So the question was, or the the argument, the debate, I guess, was whether or not you should set up your kid's console for Christmas, like your PS5, your Xbox, whatever it is, uh, the Switch, whatever, the Steam Deck, if you got one of those, uh, which is the one I would go with, by the way. And so the argument, the debate was whether or not you should set all that up, like have it for them, buy it obviously ahead of time, open the box, plug it in, set it up, like make the account, do all the software updates, because they can take hours to do. Download a game, that's what I would do. That's one thing I think a lot of people were leaving out, or maybe I didn't notice. Um no, actually people did mention, yeah, definitely download a game, have a game, have a not the game, have a game loaded and ready to go because game downloads can take a long time too, unless you're playing, you know, retro 8-bit stuff or 16-bit stuff like I do. But game downloads can take a while. And so what you don't want is to have a kid like, "Oh man, I got a I got a PS5 and then oh you can't play it for like 5 hours." Because it has to download all the stuff, and maybe that's a, that's a too high of a number. Um, but I do know that setting things up takes a long time. Creating the account, setting up the system for the first time, it takes a while. And what you wouldn't want, I would think, is to have the kid have to wait for. And like, yes, you can play with other things, but the kid's gonna be like, if they, okay, it depends on what the kid is. But if the kid is eight, then you want to definitely have it set up beforehand. If the kid is 14, then maybe, you know, they would probably understand, hey, we got to wait for this. It's got to update. Let's play with other stuff and have breakfast and and do whatever. And then maybe we can play together, you know, a little later. And like a 14-year-old might understand that, right? An eight-year-old who's getting the switch or whatever will not. And so the argument was, should you set it up for the kid or let them open the box, you know, first time for themselves and set up the whole thing by themselves? Now, I will concede that knowing how to set up your own console is important to know. You should know how to do that, right? At some point, if you're going to keep playing video games, maybe you won't play games when you're older, but you know, I mean, I'm 35 and I still play video games, but not everyone does. And that's fine, right? That's okay. But at some point you should know what goes into setting up your own console and how to do it. However... The time for them to do, to learn that is not when they're seven or eight, right? Like the time to make them sit there and wait five hours for an update and a game download and a whatever and, you know, hoping the servers work because everybody's doing the same thing on Christmas Day. Like the time for them, oh, we got to teach them patience. Christmas is not the time to do that. And I, like, again, I agree with the idea that yes, they have to learn patience. Sure. Christmas is not the day. Yes, they should learn how to set up their own video game console and know everything that goes into doing that so they know how to do it themselves. Yes, correct. However, Christmas is not the day. And I just feel like everyone arguing that, you know, oh, you should do this. You should let them do it themselves. Oh, oh, builds character. We had to wait for... Everyone saying that was just repeating the same things and not reading what anyone else was saying. And I get it. I understand the the other side where it's like, oh, I would want, I like, I wouldn't want my thing to have been opened already, you know, no matter how nicely you put it back in the box. And I get that part too. However, if a lot of this is the however video game segment, by the way, I'm going to pick a different word. I think so. <laughs> so I get that part where like, yes, I would like to open it newly, freshly from the box, and that's great. That's fine. But. I think a lot of these people who are likely my age and a couple years older who grew up with Sega, NES, Super Nintendo, N64, um GameCube maybe, I didn't own one, so I don't think I can't speak for sure, but all these systems were like, "Oh, we just we just did this." Yes, you did. Because your system could plug right into the TV or whatever you're plug into and play right away. That has not been the case since 2006, or whenever the PS3 came out, whenever that generation of consoles came out, when, you know, online connectivity was, is a, a necessity, right? And you don't know, like, everybody's internet isn't the same, right? Because, well, that's a different discussion. So just saying like, hey, you should do this, just do it this way, like I do, and, you know, have them wait or whatever, that's great. Your internet can make it take two hours. My internet, not mine, but like someone else's, could make it take seven. And are you going to deal with your eight, are you, you really want to deal with your eight-year-old getting antsy and cranky and angry because they you bought them a game system and now you're dangling it in front of them. Oh, you can't play it yet. I got this for you, but you can't play it yet. And then by the time it's ready, oh no, we got go to go uh, to, to Aunt June's house or whoever, right? We got to go somewhere and we got to go have dinner. So no, you still can't play with your present that I got you. Even though you've been up for six hours and you have not gotten to play with it yet. And, like, that's just mean, right? Like, that's just a mean thing to do to an 8-year-old, or a 9-year-old, or forget it, any age-old kid. If you buy them a thing like that, it is very mean to say, oh, I got you this, but you can't use it for several hours because nothing was set up. And it's just, I think it's a very basic courtesy, and not only to the kid... But, like to everybody, whoever's at the house for Christmas, because then you're saving everybody a lot of grief, right, because you took an hour or or so the night before, or you know it would take a while, but you know when they go to bed, you turn it on, download all the stuff, and it takes a couple hours, right so well, you think the servers would be faster on Christmas Eve unless you get a lot of people who open presents on Christmas Eve, yeah, but it's the number is probably much lower, so I see the argument for wanting to let the kid open it themselves fresh from the box. I get it. I understand the argument that they should learn how to set up their own console. That's something they should know how to do if they want to keep doing video game stuff. I get it. I understand all of that. But Christmas is not the day to teach that lesson. And whatever, whatever your feelings are about the, the whatever's of Christmas, right— can we all at least understand that it is not the day to say, hey, you have to be patient, right? When you open a thing, you should be able to play with that thing. Unless it's an outdoor thing and it's raining or snowing, then in which case, obviously, that's dependent on the weather. But the other, the console thing is dependent on you, the parent. And the fact that, that a lot of people were arguing, hey, well, I didn't have that when I was a kid or like I did the thing. It's like with the loans, like, oh, I did this and, and I, it worked for me and it's all, it's all fine the idea is to make it better for your kid right like they shouldn't have to wait for five hours you shouldn't have had to wait for five hours to do the thing you shouldn't have had to pay back all that money after you paid back what you borrowed and you're just paying back interest for eight years you shouldn't have had to do that and no one else should have to either and no one else should have to wait six hours because you didn't want to open the box and again I get the unboxing the fresh unboxing but just wrap it back up, be be nice about it, don't rip anything, wrap it back up, and let them open the box, like, they probably would, they're probably going to be so excited, I would be, so if I got a, um, I remember we were excited, right, we opened the box, but again, our systems were, were plug and play, so this was not an issue for me when I got a console for Christmas, but I don't think I would notice, I'd be like, oh, oh my god, that's all, this is awesome, I love this, thank you, and I would not even really notice, like, oh, hey, oh, this looks like it was opened already, right? Like, like who cares? It doesn't matter. Maybe, I guess, I don't know, maybe your kid would care, in which case, you kind of have to know your kid. So I'm not trying to offer uh, a blanket resolution to this because there isn't one. I'm just saying that if I'm doing this, like, if I'm, getting my, if I'm lucky enough to get my kid a console, if he's, uh, I was going to say, oh, if he's nice enough. No, if I'm going to get my kid a console for Christmas, because now they're all internet dependent, which is, I mean, again, that's a separate discussion, whether that's good or bad. Um, I, if I'm doing that, I'm going to take the time the night before or a couple days before and run it through, set everything up and have it ready to go. I I will stop short of having it plugged in and like on and ready Christmas morning, because then... They don't play with anything else, and whatever else we're doing that day. I mean, it's Christmas, so like, maybe it's not a good idea to plan things with an eight-year-old, but <laughs> but like, I will stop short of having it ready in front of the TV because that robs the whole experience of opening the gift, right? Although seeing it ready to go, oh my god, I got an Xbox or a PS5 or whatever, PS48 or whatever it is. Oh my god, it's great! Let's go do the thing, and so that part is cool, but. I feel like the opening, the seeing the box, you know, realizing what you got and then being able to plug it in and play it in 15 minutes instead of several hours, because I would have already set up the account and done all those things the night before or a couple of days, but whenever, right? So I would have done that already and made sure it all works. First of all, that's the other thing. If something doesn't work, you ruin Christmas. Although there may be no helping that i guess if it if it's a real issue it it might not be helped but i just i i spent a lot of, a couple of days on threads reading the arguments and it just seemed like no one who was argue, who was really in the thick of it was paying attention to what anyone else was saying they were just saying oh well this is how it worked when i was a kid that's great things have changed a hell of a lot in 25 years and i just feel like the idea that oh they have to be patient yeah sure that's why they wait 15 minutes for everything to load and refresh when you set it up because you hadn't done cuz you did it already before the patience on christmas is like hey the tv has to turn on we got to switch to the right input and then the game has to load and that entire process is going to take a lot less time because you set it up beforehand cuz you're not being mean to your kid that's really what I what it boiled down to for me. Reading all both sides of the arguments is that yes, of course, some kids would enjoy the unboxing and the setup and the anticipation of watching the progress bar. And you know, okay, I can play with my Legos or eat chocolates or play with whatever while or try on my uh, my pink fuzzy bunny outfit while I'm waiting for the games to load or for the thing for the system to to do all this stuff. Right? Some kids would enjoy that, and that's fine. And if you know that your kid would like that then by all means, let them do that. However, it seemed like a lot of people were conflating their own childhood experience and passing that on when their ideal childhood uh, memory of what this was no longer exists in this world. Because it can't happen that way. It's not plug and play. It just doesn't work. So, I just think that it's it was a lot of No one paying attention to what anyone was saying and everyone offering a blanket generalization to, hey, you should just do this because I did this, or you should just do this because the kid has to learn patience, or the kid should learn how to do this. Yeah, they should do that, but not on Christmas. So I guess the real lesson is, well, this took longer than I thought, the real lesson is um, know your kid, and if your kid would enjoy the whole setup process that would take all day, then okay, let them do that. If your kid would not enjoy that, which most kids at eight or nine years old would not, then you should take the time beforehand to set it up, have it ready, and you can play together on Christmas with your kid and have that memory instead of, oh, my kid is angry because I didn't take the time to do this and now we got to wait five hours, three hours, two hours, whatever. Too long for an eight-year-old. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you think your kid would not enjoy having to wait for the setup or you know all the things to, to go down, and plus the servers will be slammed on Christmas, then you need to take time beforehand to do all that first and then have it ready to go and then play with your kid on Christmas. And if they would enjoy that, let them do that. But if someone is trying to make the argument one way or the other, uh, you got to read what they're saying and respond to the words they said and not the ones you thought they said or you wanted them to say. So good luck out there. Hope you had fun. Um, and if anybody wants to get me a Steam Deck, that would be great, and I would love that. Okay? I don't know what the setup is for that, but I'm 35. I could be patient. All right? <laughs> All right. There we go. So, yeah, it was just a weird argument how everybody was like, oh, you should do this because... Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, yeah, but it takes a while. And everybody's like, oh, no, it, it just takes too long for an 8-year-old Oh, they have to learn about it, and it was just a weird back and forth of no one uh, actually listening to what was being, read, being typed, seeing what was typed. I'm, I'm, it's weird. Anyway, um, yeah, so set it up. Don't set it up. Uh, it's based on knowing your kid and uh, throwing out blanket generalizations like I did earlier, but I corrected myself, is not the move. All right? What is the move is to take a break, and we have some fan mail, and then one more little tip for you, and then that is going to be that for the show. So sit tight. Quick mail on the other side. We'll be right back. All righty, we're back. A couple more things to go for you today, and we're giving the captain another week off because it's the holidays, and well, the flyers have been off for like five or six days. So not much to report from him anyway. So there we go. Nothing, uh, no extra work to do, but we hopefully will see, we'll hear from the captain in the new year. Looking forward very much to that. But we have a couple more things to talk about today. We got some fan mail, and this one says, Pat, I know you love fast food, so I'm curious. What are some things on menus that you find overrated? Thank you for the question, Uh, Jimmy from Mayfair, or Lisa, Linda, Lydia, whoever you were. You found it funny that I forgot your name, and I, of course, legitimately forgot your name again. Um, (laughs) She's not listening anymore. She's done. (laughs) Okay, so before I—I only have a couple— Um, but before I do this, I want to let you know two things. Number one, these are my opinions and you're free to share your own. This is not a definitive thing. Although, I mean, whatever. But, um, yeah, they're my opinions. Please share your own if you'd like. Everywhere at The Melting Pat or uh, TheMeltingPat.com. That's the best way. And number two, uh, it doesn't mean I think these things are bad. It just means that I do not enjoy them as much as everyone else. So I'm not saying these things are bad, well there's one thing I'm saying is bad at the end. But I just mean you asked if they're overrated, if I think they're overrated and I will uh, I will share that. Okay? All right. So first one for me is the Big Mac. I I like the Big Mac just fine. It's okay. You know, it's too much bread though and it's a complete mess. I prefer the double quarter pounder by far. Um but everybody goes nuts for the Big Mac and I just I it's it's fine. It's fine. It's a burger. It's decent. Um again, the extra piece of bread doesn't do it for me, but that's kind of the thing and the sauce. But it's it's not for me. I don't love it. Uh like I'll have if somebody has one and uh like if I get invited to the if I get invited to the White House and they have fast food and there's a Big Mac, I'll probably eat one. But I <laughs> I really want to make that picture the show image, but that sends the wrong message, I think. Um and maybe I'll put it on the website somewhere. That's that was so goddamn funny. Anyway, I I like it. It's okay. It's but it's not my favorite. And I think a lot of people love it, and I do not. So there you go. It, as far as McDonald's menu goes, I much prefer the double quarter pounder. Also, the fillet of fish uh is overrated. People go nuts for it. I don't love it. But I also don't like fish that much. So there you go. Um oh, and the McNuggets. It's Okay, so that's different because I think they're over. I think they're just flat out gross. Like people love those, and I don't. So that's not a, that's not an answer to the question. Um, all right, so we'll get away from McDonald's. Although if you go to McDonald's, get the double quarter pounder meal with an orange high C because fountain high C orange hits differently. It's great. I know I've said that before. It's so good. So there we go. Okay. Um, Taco Bell potatoes is one. I know you're shocked. Pat, how do, you, how do you disparage Taco Bell? You love Taco Bell. I do. I do. I mean, they changed the nachos uh, since they stopped putting them in the uh, plastic container and putting them in the cardboard box. They taste different, and they're not as good. And the Mexican pizza is also not as good anymore, so that sucks. But the breakfast is still top-notch. The AM Wrap is still top-notch. So good. Uh, but, yeah, the potatoes. Everybody freaked out right cuz they were like oh we're discontinuing the potatoes from the menu like a year ago uh, i think they're back now but they were like oh yeah great and i'm like okay like they're fine they're okay i'm not going to you know i don't order them regularly i never really did i ordered them a couple times cuz everybody said oh these potatoes are so great the way they whatever they did with them and i'm like yeah, okay they were potatoes they had some stuff on them it was fine but uh, people go nuts for those and i don't get it so yeah overrated for me um Oh I'm sorry we we uh we left McDonald's now we got to turn around and go back. The Shamrock Shake. Highly overrated. It's a it's a mint shake and I don't love mint, but I didn't mind the shake. It was fine. It tasted okay. Um yeah, it's overrated. I mean, you go nuts for it cuz it only comes around for like 3 weeks a year and uh and that's fine. You can enjoy that and go crazy, but um don't try to tell me it's the greatest thing you've ever had cuz if you have that, if that is if that's the best you know, sweet treat you've ever had, I think you need to go to more places and have more sweet treats, because that's—or maybe you really like mint, but I feel like there are even better places to get a mint-flavored sweet treat than the McDonald's Shamrock Shake. And I think—what I really think is—you want to know my honest opinion here? People only really love the Shamrock Shake because it's not available outside of the St. Patrick's Day window. Right, I think if it was around all year, it wouldn't sell very well, because everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, all right, I can go get this anytime." Whereas in you know the beginning of March, you're like, "Oh my God, Shamrock Shake is back! We've got to go get it." And I mean, it's just okay. It's okay. I think the the limited availability ties into that. Um, but overrated. All right, I think we're done. We can pull out of McDonald's now. We can. We're good. Right. All right. Um, I got a weird one. It's not really a lot. This is from the seeing the Burger King Patty milk commercials. And those patty melts look absolutely disgusting. Uh, they just look so gross. But I think a more general comment I want to make here is that uh, anywhere you can get a patty melt that's not a diner, the patty melt is going to be not great. Maybe that doesn't answer the question exactly either, but I just think, oh, this patty melt from this place, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like a diner. That sounds like a drive through which means it's probably going to be not great. And uh, I've been right every time. So <laughs> patty melt from a diner, though, that's good stuff. But from any other place, like a McDonald's or a BK or a, or a wherever, right? Overrated. Don't want it. Gross. Um, yeah, those are the ones that I really came up with on the spot. I'm just thinking of other fast food things and what is, like, what I would think. Because I was going to add the Whopper to this list, but then I just realized, I don't like the Whopper anymore. I used to. I used to like the Whopper just fine when I, when, you know, back in the day. But I had one recently, well, maybe several months ago now, and I didn't like it. And it, so I think that moved it from overrated to I just don't like it. And so we'll put that in a different pile. I just don't like the Whopper anymore. I don't know. I do like their crispy chicken sandwiches, though. Not the long ones. No, the, the crispy ones on the uh, on the bun. I do like the long ones, but... Uh, they came out with that like Royal crispy chicken parm last year. And that was delicious and they don't really have it anymore, but it's really good. And also, Hey, BK bring back the double stackers, bring those back. They were delicious. And oh, I got a story. Um, My brother-in-law worked at Burger King for like three or four years. And at the time the BK double stacker was either new or it had just returned to the menu. And I was, we were talking about it. I think maybe we had stopped there or we were, something, we were talking about it. And he's like, yeah, it was really, because they had the double stacker, two patties, the triple stacker, three patties, and the quad stacker, four patties on one burger. First of all, you don't need four patties on one burger, I promise. Second of all, I learned that the BK grill has room for 16 patties. And he (laughs) said, He said one time, or actually several times, people would come in and say, hey, I'd like four quad stackers, please. And he's like, all right. Well, I can't make any more burgers then, because that's the entire grill, is one order of four quad stackers. And so he's really annoyed at that. So every so often, I will text him, hi, I'd like four quad stackers, please. And he'll go, no! (laughs) I'm going to text him later, too. Um... Yeah. That's a lot of, you don't need, I mean, they don't even have the stacker. They did for a while. It was on the commercials that it came back and, uh, now it's gone again. So BK, bring back two things, the double stackers and the sourdough bacon cheeseburger. Delicious. Everything else. meh. All right. Yeah. and don't order four quad stackers at one time because you don't need to do that. You don't even need to order one quad stacker. Order two double stacks and you'll be fine. I promise. Um, yeah, so I guess I could I could throw the yeah, the whopper was gonna be on here. But it's not overrated for me anymore. I just don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, and finally, so those are the ones I just came up with kind of on the spot. Um I'm sure I can think of more. If you have more overrated fast food items, let me know. If you have some that I like, that's fine. We could talk about it. Uh everywhere at the Baltic Pat, let me know what's what. And one more, you didn't ask for this, but I just want to point out that one fast food item I found absolutely truly disgusting, is the McRib. People love the McRib. They go nuts. It comes back, I don't know, every two years or whatever. And people go nuts for it. Like, oh, it's so good. Ah. It's gross. The McRib is gross. Stop fooling yourselves. It is disgusting and no one should eat it. It's it's awful. I know, Pat, everybody's different. I know. But the McRib's gross. I think we can all agree on that. No? All right. Also, it was funny. I guess last year, the year before, some TikToker was like, hey, here's how the McRib is put together. And it's like, you know, you take it from the tray, you do the sauce, the thing, and then back on the roll and whatever. And everybody was freaking out like, oh, I can't believe. Bah, bah, bah. Like, well, you go to McDonald's, you say, hey, I'd like a McRib meal, please. And 90 seconds later, you have a McRib. How do you think it was put together? Like, what do you think's going on back there that, uh, that they're getting their McRib in 90 seconds to anybody who wants one? Like, what, it, what do you think the process is? What did you think was happening? What, it's like, oh man, I can't believe that's not real. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you get it in ninety seconds from when you order it. Well, how much real food do you think's in there? Be real, be honest, people. Come on, come on. All right. Anyway, the McRib is gross. Don't eat it. And uh, the Shamrock Shake, Taco Bell potatoes, and the Big Mac are all overrated. And uh, Arby's is gross. So there you go. That's. <laughs> thank you for the question. I hope I answered it satisfactorily, satisfactory like. I hope I answered your question. If not, let me know, and I'll I'll try to do better, okay? And let me know your overrated food items, and we'll talk about those, okay? All right, that's all for me. Well, I have one more thing for you because we're at the end of the year, and um, everybody's like, oh, I did this and this and this this year, and I'm sure if I sat back and, and really took stock of things I did, I could make a list for you here, but I really think if you get to the end of the year, and the only thing you come up with is, "I made it." That's okay. That's all right. I know we're getting real in the, the show here. Uh, I'm also going to be a little, little silly here, but serious. Uh, but yeah, if, if the only thing you've done is make it to the end of the year, I applaud you. Can we bring the audience back for the applause? Thank you. They applaud you too, my studio audience. Um, they're proud of you. They're happy for you that you've made it. And they're wishing you all the best for the new year and, uh, wishing you all the fun, all the nice things, all the, all the warmth and cuddliness and, and full bellies and all the things like that, uh, that you deserve in the new year that everyone deserves in every new year. Um, so just have fun and just remember that, uh, if you made it and that's, uh, that's the big thing, that's okay. Cause that's a big thing too. Um, yeah. So I, I want to thank you all for, uh, for being here for another year. Uh, thank you, Ben, for not uh, canceling the show and shutting me down. I appreciate that. Uh, although I think he said this is the last one, so you know, appeal to Ben Beck if you want the show to keep going. And <laughs> no, don't please don't send Ben any messages. This is our—it's a running bit. Please don't do that. I don't want to—I don't want Ben to get mad, get really actually mad uh, that people are sending him messages about a fake thing I made up. Um, but yeah, he says I'm fired. And <laughs> by the way, if you missed it. The Wilhelm holiday feedback episode is up now. It came out on Christmas Day. Um, I don't know if I remember to plug it on my last episode. Sorry, Ben. Um, but it is up for you now. Go check that out. That was a lot of fun. And uh, also, if you're going out New Year's Eve, uh, maybe don't do that instead because New Year's Eve is one of those amateur nights where everybody uh, who doesn't go out goes out and doesn't know how to handle themselves because they don't go out and they don't know what they're doing. And they make everything a mess and everybody gets dumb and they're all drunk and that's worse, right? Or maybe they're not, maybe they're just stupid and that's worse. So whatever you're doing, I mean, maybe I shouldn't tell you to not go out. I should tell you to be careful and just remember that New Year's Eve is one of the biggest amateur nights of the year because it's people who don't party all the time going out to party and making it rough for the rest of us, for the rest of you. I don't go out, but... For the rest of you, uh, they make it rough because they don't know what they're doing. So they can't handle themselves. So you have to be extra alert um, to be aware and and be able to avoid their nonsense. So be careful out there is what I'm saying. Enjoy your celebrations. Enjoy whatever it is that you have going on. And um, I wish you nothing but happiness and health and all the good stuff and good vibes and whatnots for the new year. Thank you for joining me for another year. This has been awesome. I love doing this show. I hope I can keep doing it for as long as possible because it is one of the most fun things that I do every week. You know, no matter how, how, uh, tight it gets with the schedule and trying to figure things out, I think, um, we figured out a nice little system here. So, uh, I, as far as what's coming next, I don't know more music. I hope maybe more guests, more thing, more yelling about things that are dumb and inconsequential probably. And then we'll see where we go from there. All right. Oh man, this was fun. Thank you very much for uh, for being here. My thanks to calling all captains for the song unlike me again that appears courtesy new damage records calling all captains band.com for more from them. And um that's all, right? I think so. I hope so. Let me know by the way if you want to weigh in on the setting up the game system for your kid. If there is a part of the argument that I missed, let me know and we can uh we can revisit and have a discussion about that. And, uh, I hope that you also win a work award for all the nothing that all the not work that you do. <laughs> That's all. Thank you very much. Happy new year. Enjoy whatever you're doing, or if you're doing nothing, hell yeah, man. Enjoy that too, man. Whoa, man. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your time. Have a fun celebration or not bration and, uh, just be safe. Okay. Come back next time and we'll do some more stuff. Sound good. Great. This has been an eight boiler G-Love and Special Sauce, right? We're going to do that? Did we do too much? I don't know what they'll do. Check them out anyway. You know what? No, we'll do mine. And then um, we'll get back to G-Love next week. All right? But check out G-Love anyway at philadelphonic.com. And uh, there we go. I'm everywhere at themelticpat.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads, all the places. I don't know where else. I'm somewhere on there. themelticpat.com is the best way. So there we go. There's also a network tab so you know what's going on with all the shows around here, okay? All right, we're good. I got to go do some things. Thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year. Be safe. Don't be a moron, and I'll talk to you soon. All right? I love you very much. Thank you. You've been Inside the Melty Pat on the Next Level Network. Go crap open a cold one.